What is up? This is Blake Miller. Yes, I'm still in my tiny ass apartment here in Mission Viejo. And I want to welcome you guys to the second episode of the North Side Story podcast. And I know you all enjoyed my first rendition, but I wanted to bring some friends along. So I'm here uh, working alongside on this episode with Lee Commissioner, owner of the what is your team name this year? We're the LA Bash Bros, and we've come here to party and fuck shit up. That is Jake Baki, your commish for Northside. Yes, and uh, Jake, what are we doing here today? Uh, we're going to go over our week one matchups uh, with all of the matchups throughout our league. And then we have a little special surprise at the end. I cannot wait to rip apart Trey's team. It's just going to be a glowing, it's just going to be a, a going thing each week. Is any uh before we get into the matchups any like like any inklings any anything you're excited about for this no, upcoming just week? Excited to be here. Actually, you didn't even invite me. I kind of just forced my way onto this podcast. Um, after listening to the first episode, all great things about the draft, but I wanted to uh, just hop on, talk some football, fantasy football, talk some shit, kind of just throw out some expertise that I have. As uh, a one-time winner in this league, but you know, six-time uh, playoff appearance mm-hmm. maker, mm-hmm. Um, except for last year, we don't talk about that. But uh, excited to to talk every week, and uh, let's get this going. Let's do it. Let's get right into the matchups. All right. Well, we're here. We're going to discuss our first matchup of the week. We got Sam's team versus Nick's team. Rum Runners. Mm-hmm. Ronnie B. Mm-hmm. Do you even know what that stands for? Rum Runners? Is it like an inside joke? I don't. I, it's some, I'm guessing it's Nick's favorite drink. That's usually what. I don't think I've ever seen him drink rum. It's not. No, Brian's the White Russians. Yeah, I don't know it. Huh. We got to ask him next time. All right. So looking at the point totals, big difference. We got six, six points. I never believe that crap mm-hmm. because I'm usually... Always behind. ESPN, Yahoo, RotoWire, all those stupid websites always get screwed. So yeah. I do you believe in that crap? Uh, no, not typically. Uh, usually I'm, you know, on top of the projected total and then I, I know I think that I'm going to win just based off of it. And then I slowly see that lead just disappearing throughout Sunday. So, uh, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I hear I get the text uh, messages. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, no, typically don't don't believe it. Or I guess I do believe it, but I, at this point of time, I should I should realize that all of that is just complete BS. Well, when you're a Wiley vet like myself, you just realize that you you got to trust your draft, trust the guys you drafted, and uh, the players that you like, and you know that's just, that's going to be the ultimate factor. So yeah. all right, let's look into the first little matchup we got here with quarterbacks between uh, Sam and Nick. With Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott. The projections have uh, Aaron Rodgers as a little bit more of a favorite in terms of points. Mm-hmm. I I don't get it. I don't get the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. I kept seeing him in drafts. He was so low. He was uh like bottom end at that like top twelve, top ten, either yeah. eighth, ninth. I yeah, just I don't get it. Definitely, some of the you know a lot of people have picked him low, which is kind of surprising, only because it's Aaron Rodgers. But we we know here in our league that Nick has a, an affinity for the Packers, so. Fourth He's, round. It was the fourth round pick. Yeah, always going after, <laughs> always going after the Packers, as you can tell by the rest. Or he only has Aaron Jones, but um, yeah, I mean Aaron Rodgers doesn't have Devontae, so that that's a huge hit. He has guys named Alan Lazard and uh, Romeo, so you know who Romeo? knows Romeo. 
Dubes or Dubis, something like that. He's oh, a, so he's got to be a rookie. I yeah, never he's heard a rookie. Him. He also has mm-hmm. Christian Watson, who's another rookie. So just a bunch of unknowns that you're not really sure what Rodgers is going to do. However, I think everyone knows that he won the MVP last year. So uh, you can't really doubt him. But, yeah, it's not, not surprising Nick drafted him that high. Uh, but it's still surprising to see his name pop up in the fourth round. I always kind of wish I was the fantasy uh footballer that didn't care so much about winning and i drafted the players that i just truly liked like i wish i would have like reached on certain rams players but that's fair. something I mean, about it I, yeah i mean my favorite player just fell right into my lap so justin herbert welcome to the squad yesterday uh but uh yeah i, I feel you like didn't feel like you reached for him or even just picking him you were thought dude i probably shouldn't be going here uh no uh, when you have hair that looks like that, there you just let it go and let it flow, and it's good to go. <laughs> wow, way to go! There you go. I think there, I added on to that run. Yeah, you mentioned it too, uh, Nick. Big Packers guy. We saw Aaron Rodgers, and we go with uh, Aaron Jones. We go down the bench. We actually you touched on him a little bit with Alan Lazard. I believe he stashed him on that bench too. But let's go over to uh, Sam's side and. We talked about quarterbacks, but the one thing I want to talk about with Sam's team is uh, it's so funny. The text message that she sent me and I asked her a big Robert Woods fan. Uh That's usually a staple on all her Uh teams. She has Uh those players that she likes and I don't see it that much with this roster. I see TJ and I don't I don't remember she had TJ last year. But I, I don't know why that one seems like, like a staple to me. Over the course of the last few seasons, maybe not last year, but I remember TJ being someone that she has had in the past. It's TJ. It's it maybe TJ, but it's always what's Robert Woods. It's, yeah, there's a number uh, of players that she like Kamara. I think is usually one. Kamara. I see. I was thinking that was Brian, but it must have been Sam. Huh. But yeah, I mean, in the years past, she definitely sticks to to her guns and. Uh, selects certain players i'm um, going back to last year right now on here uh debo george kittle um those are usually ones that she goes after and yeah so they're you know they're <laughs> yeah players that big usually, ass white uh, milk tight ends that's what it, that's her that's her bread and butter very it sounds interesting like way of describing yeah. someone <laughs> what um, i mean but yeah, she usually <laughs> sticks to her guns. Kind of, you know, it works. She she usually places in the playoffs. Um, you know, she has been a champion in this league. Last year, she finished third, so it it's worked in the past. Um, I noticed that she did say that she hated her team. So keep an eye on that throughout the well, entire. Well, she hated year. her team. She hated her team because she said that she went against all her intuition of drafting her favorite players. Yeah, so, so. Keep, keep an eye out on her. Perhaps you know making some moves throughout the early part of the year if uh, if it's a slow start. No, okay. Let's 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 wrap this up with the bow a little bit. Quick glance. You're looking at both of these teams. Do you have a favorite in this particular matchup? Um, to, I mean, it's hard because it's it is week one and. You know, going into this week, that the best player on both of these teams is Christian McCaffrey. And if anytime you can get a healthy Christian McCaffrey, whether it's just week one, because that possibly could happen, there goes a hamstring and he's out the rest of the season, <laughs> uh, then you know, it, he you automatically have that edge over whoever you're playing. Yeah, I just I look at Sam's team and I don't know. I whenever I leave a draft, and it, it may just be my either an experience or just lack of know-how of how I draft. Cause obviously, you know, I draft horrible every single year, but when I leave a draft, I want, I want guys that are like, when I pop on red zone tomorrow, 
like they're like staples. Like I'm always going to see them, even uh-huh. if like they're not getting a touchdown. Like I know that they're going to focus in on that players. And I, I don't like Cam. I don't like Cam Akers. That's that's the only thing. I don't like Cam Akers. I don't. I don't think that's going to be a number one uh, running back heading into week one. I I feel like she's. I feel like Sam's team's definitely losing that matchup at running back. I don't like her tight ends either. I like Darren Waller. I just look across the board, and it's evident with ESPN. It's all these check marks. Advantage Ronnie B. We see a six and a half points red. I just Ronnie B. And Nick's team. They, he he has like killers that I don't think Sam's team has. See, I I somewhat agree with you. How I think the whole red zone argument. However, I think that Sam actually has players that hit the end zone more. And I, I do agree with Cam Akers. I'm not sure how much he's going to see the end zone. But, like, given the fact that Cincinnati has such a high-powered offense, the two guys that stand out to me the most when it comes to touchdowns on that team is Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase. And then you have someone in Mike Evans that gets a lot of touchdowns. Um, and then Detroit, they're playing a Philadelphia team that perhaps um, their defense is improved than, than last year. Um, but you're not really sure what you're getting out of Jared Goff. Then I look at Nick's team, and of course, Christian McCaffrey is going to have, you know, he could get three touchdowns. But after that, we're, I, I mean, it's very up in the air with Tyreek Hill. You don't know what you're getting yeah. out of that Miami team. I do not like Carson Wentz, so Terry McLaurin, <laughs> I'm not sure. Darren Waller. Gasp. Yeah, Darren Waller. Like, there's a lot of weapons there, so is he actually going to score touchdowns if Derwin James is on him? Because that safety oh, tight God. end is going to be, I'm just saying, <laughs> When, I know when Derwin's playing on against tight ends. He he does a good job against them. And then mm-hmm. J.K. Dobbins, like I don't know what I'm getting out of him. So I do feel like there are there are three players there that kind of have question marks towards the end. I think this is actually going to be closer than I mean I, you can't really talk about spreads because I feel like fantasy is just so much yeah. so volatile. But I wouldn't be surprised if Sam does to pulls off the upset. But I might actually I might actually pick Sam's team. All right, I'm going to put you down as uh, Sam. Yeah, I'm going to pick matchup. Sam. I also like the defense. I'd rather have the Broncos going up against Geno Smith. Oh, man, Saints against Marcus Mariota. Yeah, yeah those are those are two tough ones, and then I'm not going to even get in the kickers. So, um, yeah. so, yeah, put me down for Sam week one. Okay, I'm taking – I'm kind of piggyback off your argument. I do like Broncos season long compared to the Saints, but I feel like coming out of the draft, if your defense you don't really care about – if you're nabbing like a top top uh, opponent, a uh, good matchup week one, heading out of the draft, that's it's all about wins. You got to win every mm-hmm. single week. So I like that having Saints, but yeah, I agree with you. Broncos regular season are going to be a much better team. I'm going to go with Nick with all the points I just said, and we will move on to the next matchup. All right. So heading into the next matchup, we got our boy Phil against Brian from zero to hero. Was he did, was he last place last year too? I don't know. I was going to ask you, did he ever explain what the hell that even means? No, he didn't. I drafted with him at Lampos, and I you you honestly wouldn't think that we were drafting for a football league. I don't know what he was doing the whole time. It's just mm. classic Phil. That's why yeah, that's team sound trash like <laughs> every year. But uh, this yeah. is a fun matchup. Uh, it's official. It's it's Phil. Uh, Phil struggled the last couple of years. I I don't remember where Brian was at. I know that he was up there, but uh, look, I I can't talk shit on Phil. I missed the playoffs last year. First time that I've ever missed the playoffs. Yeah. Phil made the playoffs right. last year. So I can't necessarily talk trash on Phil. I will say, however, from zero to hero, the zero part is correct because he is still the only person <laughs> that true. has never 
Uh, he went 0-13 in a season a few years back. Um, and he'll claim yeah. that he didn't come in last place because, you know, he didn't come in last place in the playoffs. But uh, that's still 0-13 just it can't happen. Well, Phil's going to look to uh, rectify that this year with his uh, team. So we look at the matchup, two-point two point spread, a little bit uh, thinner between the margins. I mean, quickly, you just look at, for official's team, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. I I never go quarterbacks, ever. And every single time I do that strategy, I look at these teams that have Patrick Mahomes, and I'm like, why didn't I draft a guy like that? It's so nice. I, I It'd be yeah. so nice to have a stud like that. I mean, you can't go wrong with Patrick Mahomes, but uh, I will say this year I'm very interested to see what happens without Tyreek Hill. I mean, you have... You have I don't what's what does he have like three wide receivers that you know have been okay over the last few years. You have uh, MVS, and then you have the I TikTok guy, um, and then you I have, don't love him. Uh, I don't Cole Hardman. So is I he don't still know there? How yeah, he's still there. He's he's buried on the uh, pickup waiver list on way way down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have Travis Kelsey, of course. So he does have the whole Mahomes Kelsey connection which is nice because that is probably the most um, just the best connection in fantasy sports. Uh, just those two in general, they, they, he just throws the ball so many times. Travis Kelsey scores so many touchdowns, so many yards. So um, definitely think that that benefits Brian in this matchup and all the and matches I look at- for the rest of the season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely when you add that top quarterback, top tight end, you're filling needs in in uh pretty much set and forget it lineups that some teams have to struggle with all year but then i look at phil's team and i look at his strength i look at dalvin cook and saquon barkley top two running backs now if if you could clone two scary running backs to have on your fantasy football team in Mm. terms of just like every week Mm -hmm. are they going to start it's literally dalvin cook and saquon barkley yeah look i don't even want to talk about saquon to be honest i draft him every single year and he (laughs) fucks me over every single year so uh, like that gives me ptsd just thinking about his hamstrings his quads just exploding while he's playing the cowboys i think that's happened a couple times so yeah that guy can go kick rocks to be honest yeah, I it's extremely frustrating. I've had Dalvin Cook in a couple of years, and uh, he's always always up there uh, when he's healthy. Just like Saquon, I guess when he's healthy. Yeah, I love you're Dalvin. gonna get. I've, I've yeah. always loved Dalvin. I yeah, I just it's frustrating. He's not one of those set and forget it. You literally need to check on practice every week for him. You have to. If you just close your eyes and you wake up Sunday, something's gonna happen to him. I hate that with him. He's great, plug and play when he's healthy, and, but sometimes it's it's sketchy. And what I love about Phil's team on top of those two running backs, if they're healthy and everything, I don't get how he landed Stefan Dix with that. I don't know how that happened. I don't know who screwed up, who screwed the pooch. It's probably it's probably because of Brian and you drafting tight ends that he got such a top wide receiver. But well, what Stephon, do you think about Dix? Stefan was on the on the back on the, the turnaround. So Stefan was oh, okay. before me. I would have loved to have Stefan fall to me. Um, but you know, you had a lot of running backs coming off the board, um, in early round two, you had Kamara, the first pick in round two, Joe Mixon, second pick, and then Swift, uh, the fourth pick in round two. And then there was Diggs. So, um, yeah, I mean, Diggs definitely fell. Uh, yeah. Kelsey getting picked was, was probably the reason why. Um, but having Stefan Diggs, is huge. He is by far one of the best vertical, you know, wide receivers and just one of the best wide receivers in football. Um, 
so yeah, you can't go wrong with with Cook and Diggs on those back to back picks. Yeah, I I feel like he, they're all three slam dunks, and I'm sorry for throwing you under the bus. He picked Diggs before yep. your Mark Andrews pick, so yep. I apologize I have, for that. I would have, yeah, I would have picked Diggs if he was there at seven easily. Now, now, pretty close matchup between the two. Anything else on either person's roster stands oh, out to you? Any are, players that you like? There are just huge red flags on both of these oh, rosters. Oh no! Um, <laughs> and I'm not gonna talk trash on the official boys. Um, shout out Cannon. Shout out Brock um, yeah. for for helping. Uh, be fish with the roster. Well, um, I hope they don't. I hope they don't listen to this because you already. I did uh, actually bleep. curse already, so yeah. earmuffs. We'll blur but, it out. Um, yeah, bleep it out, um, editor. Uh, yeah, but I can't stand. There's one player on Brian's team, and he is. I know Brian's an Eagles fan, uh, but oh, Miles, Miles Sanders. Sanders. Miles <laughs> Sanders might be one of the worst running backs in football. Um, that guy cannot hit the hole. He cannot. Uh, my what am I here? Play some sound effects. One of my uh, big predictions of the year. Okay, Miles Sanders doesn't even start by week eight. He's uh, he's he's demoted. Give me Kenneth Gainwell. Give me one of those other running backs. One of those other like you know the little running backs, the scat backs. Um, Miles Sanders is just complete trash. Uh, not a fan of him whatsoever. So put that mark that one down in your books. Uh, revisit this. In a couple months, Miles Sanders, not even close to being the starting running back on the Philadelphia Eagles. See, I'm always, I'm always like quick to judge like who are the top running backs, whatever. But I'm just, I'm, I'm scrolling through last season's uh, points per game average. Obviously, players get hurt. I judge it on points per game. I don't judge on total fantasy points because freak things can happen. But I, yeah, I'm scrolling down. I I I know he was hurt, but he did not I don't see Miles. A I don't see him anywhere near the entire season. He did not have a touchdown in general the entire season. He had two, three good games over ninety rushing yards. And looking at his game logs right now, I mean, the first seven weeks you had seventy four yards, fifty five yards, twenty seven yards, thirteen yards, forty five yards, fifty six <laughs> yards. I mean, he only got over. 10 points three times all last year. So I, if I'm the coaching staff of the Eagles, I'm trying to get, you know, other guys. I mean, I know that Jalen Hurts runs the ball. He's an amazing uh, dual threat quarterback. Maybe not mm-hmm. on the passing side, but definitely on the running side. Uh, but, I mean, I feel like the other guys um, that, you know, are in the backfield just make that offense so much more dynamic than Miles Sanders. I don't think that offense is dynamic to begin with. So adding Miles Sanders to that posh posh of i think poor throwing and just bad i just i i, I was I a jalen this Hurts. I, I think that they're gonna be decent i just but, i um, had him last year i i was i of course with my quarterback i'm watching the games and it's just it made me sick and this is coming from a fan of the team that just won the super bowl so maybe i'm a little pretentious with my views but yeah i'm i agree with you i have to agree with you with miles sanders it's not something someone that when especially in this draft when running backs are going off the board early. He was who I was scared for my second running back to be on my team. He was yeah, what I, I did not want to end up for your with. second running back to be Miles Sanders. And I would have oh just talked God. trash the entire year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, really I, quick. Another yeah, one go ahead. is just, I, I love the guy and I think he is actually one. I think he is one of the top 10 wide receivers in football. An absolute beast. DK Metcalf is amazing. However, his quarterback situation is just God awful. So, I don't know how you expect for him to have any sort of se- like separation and have Gito Smith actually actually land the ball into his arms 
as he's running down the field. But yeah. um, Denver has a good secondary too, so I can see that being well below. That's going to be a touchdown-dependent type of player this year. If you don't get that, you're going to get less than 10 points every single week. Yeah, real quick, and then just checking out his bench real quick. I like a little quick hits. I like Robert Woods playing for Tennessee. I feel like he's going to be a good option there. Uh, mm-hmm. Not Yes, not a great offense, but definitely going to be a target hog. And I'm huge on Rashad Penny. So I think those are two guys right there. When you look at potential weaknesses heading into the season for him with Miles Sanders, DK Metcalf, those are two options that I think that he's going to have great options on the bench. Over to Phil real quick. One guy that I like, I love. I cannot tell you how much I swoon over uh, Cleveland Browns tight ends. Back in the day, I loved the barnyard dog, Gary Barnage. And when and what I loved about him was just this huge, oafy dude running around, getting touchdowns. And I see the same with David uh, Njoku. Like, I a hot name, a hot name. A couple of years ago, he's been injured. That team is in a little bit of disarray, but we're bringing in a quarterback that's obviously shown with during his time in the Colts, highly dependent on the tight end position. Yes, I don't. He's not going to be a top top five tight end this year. But for me, I find so much value getting that late end tight end just to be able to chip in that potential seven, eight, nine, ten points consecutively. Uh-huh. Sometimes having those boom and bust games, not the greatest tight end, but where he got him and be able to slot him in with his host of players, I think that's a perfect addition. I, I, I don't know. It's uh. I looking at Njoku last year, he had over twelve points once, and that was against my team. How many games did he play last year? I didn't even think he played. He played every single game except for three games. Oh, two gosh. games. That's why so, we have the expert on here. <laughs> I he had four touchdowns all of last year, and he had one crazy good game against the Chargers. That like fifty to forty seven game that uh, was that barn burner in, in L A. That he ran like an eighty yard touchdown, broke a tackle, mm. but. I mean, seven catches, 149 yards. Yeah, he he went off that game, but that's literally he had one other game. He had two other games over 10 points. Besides that, I and their quarterback situation, maybe Jacoby Brissett gives him a little bit more. I don't know. I I think this was one that you need. Phil needs to pick up another tight end, or maybe hope that someone goes off in the first couple of weeks and then he'll pick someone up. Um, hmm. But he is some that I can see in Joko getting, you know, three to four points max. <laughs> um in, in this matchup like i just Jeez. i don't I, it's a half ppr league you know so i i don't i don't see it unless of course he gets that touchdown which is to touch the fantasy all football. that's all you need um i would say another thing is gabe davis and i understand everyone's love for him because of what happened in the playoffs last year when he caught those four touchdowns against the chiefs but I think either him or Stefan Diggs is going to have to get matched up against Jalen Ramsey. So one of those two players is going to have maybe f- five or six points. And you would think Diggs would, would get the majority of those points, but I'm not sure if Gabe Davis, you know, goes off uh, like the Swiss cheese defense that the chiefs had last year. This Rams mm-hmm. defense is very good. It's at home. Um, you know, it, that will be interesting, interesting to see. And then at last one for Phil's team and this, in this matchup in general, Trey Lance, I have no idea what I'm getting from him. Um, he is someone that I watched a couple of his games that he played last year, and I thought his accuracy was just complete ass, was just throwing the ball all over the place. Now, of course, you're going to get those rushing yards um, with him, but they did bring back Jimmy G, and the first week, I'm sure he's not going to get benched, 
but that's something I would keep an eye out just because they did bring back Jimmy G. He is still there. So it's not like, you know, he's gone and they have absolutely nobody behind him. I'm not sure what I'm getting out of Trey Lance. And you would think that they would trust him to throw the ball to George Kittle, Debo. They have weapons, uh, but this is going to be a very interesting matchup. I'm going to take, man, I'm going to take Phil in this one. And it pains me to say it because I want to see him go 0-13 again. But I will take Phil in this matchup. Yeah, quick hit real quick on the quarterbacks too. I'm I'm with you. A um, lot of still, a lot of decent quarterbacks still in free agency. We have Kirk Cousins, Tua. Mm-hmm. I mean, Justin Fields. If you want to roll the dice with having legs, so plenty of options for him to go back. Uh, circling back to the matchup, I got to go Phil too. I like his team. I, I hate the owner. I think the the guy <laughs> ten times out of ten shoots himself in the foot throughout the year. But it's week one. He just has to draft and set his lineup. I like the way he drafted. So I. I'm taking him to win here. Yeah, only one handcuff too, which is surprising. Which is very surprising. We should probably check on him. Yeah. All right, we have our third matchup. We got Steph, House Targaryen, and then Phillips with the new team name Bubble Butker. Does he have Butker? Oh, that's why. Okay. I would sure Uh, hope that he has Butker. I know. Jeez. (laughs) Uh, We got about what four, four and a half, pretty much five point difference between Uh House Targaryen is leading the pack there. I think House Targaryen was good last year, and I think she is the best team in the league, hands down. I like, I like her quarterback, even though I would never draft him because it's sketchy. Every single time he takes off, I'm like clutching my pearls. She's got Jonathan Taylor, automatic Leonard Fournette, like the least sexiest pick that you could probably have when you draft him. You're like bummed out, yeah. but then every week Actually, you're like, yeah. oh. He's like sick. I definitely yeah. agree, with, agree with that with Leonard. I feel like we're going into drafts. I'm always like, do I want this guy? Yeah. He, and then you watch him play on Sundays and then you see him just like catch the ball out of the backfield or run for 30 yard touchdowns. And you're like, damn, I should have taken this guy. It's always like he, and his catches are always so funny too. It's always like he like runs five yards and then he like spin, like jumps around, spins, catches. You're like, oh, that was cool. And you like, who was that? It's yeah, just Leonard sneaky, Fournette. <laughs> sneaky, like silky. Like he's like a very sneaky kind of like goes between the tackles and he's just a big body. So it's it's weird seeing him just kind of juke people out. But yeah, he is. It's kind of like James a- Conner. It's like James Conner to me. It's He's like the same echelon in terms of like, I don't want his name. I don't want to click on his portrait and look at his face when I'm like looking at stats. Cause mm-hmm. I look at Fournette, I'm like, get this guy off my team. But I think it's a great pick. And if I had to think there was any downside with her team, it's wide receivers because Mike Williams, obviously you being a charge fan of me, just observing from the outside and seeing fantasy football, like I still am not a hundred percent like confident on consistency with him in terms of like how much of a, like a target share he's going to get. Like his yeah. floor is so low but his ceiling is so, 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 so high. Yeah, so you just draft him for he, that. I don't think he can't, he can't be your number one receiver, um, although she has three great running backs. But as a number one wide receiver, he is not someone that you can trust every week. But those weeks he does go off, you will most likely win your, win your week. Um, and he definitely, looking at his game logs from last year. Oh, my gosh, disgusting. Um, the first three, first five, five weeks he had over – 18 points and four out of those five. And one of those weeks, he only had one point. So like <laughs> he is very much boomer bust. Um, I do, however, think that the more that that offense 
stays together and everyone is coming back, including all the coaches, I think he will expand on that. And I think he will get more yards um, mm-hmm. touchdown wise. I think he's going to have, I mean, let's see how many did he have last year? Seven or eight, um, two, four, six, eight, nine. So he had nine. So I, I do think he's right around there again this year. Um, but I don't know if he can be your number one. Yeah. I, I mean, I look at what you were saying with like how he started off the season, like 18 points, 18 points, 30 points. And we will they'll go in the line. What I was talking about 12 targets, 10 targets, nine targets. Mm-hmm. And then he went through this huge dry, not dry, I guess dry spell, but just completely inconsistent week eight going through week 15. He had two points, five targets, six points, five targets, five points, six targets. He, mm-hmm. he, he popped off for one game. He had six targets. He had a touchdown. I don't even know. He had five catches, 97 yards, but then same thing. Next week, he had eight targets, five points, and I have a nine point and a six point. I cannot physically, emotionally, or mentally handle having a guy like that on my team. That's why my strategy is I love just just loading up on just like consistent, like they may not, they may not break off the touchdowns, but break down the touchdowns or those big plays, but it's like, dude, I know 100% what I'm getting. I'm getting seven targets, I'm getting eight targets. Yeah, I was pointing out five, six, but him in particular, I feel like he literally thrives on those targets. I Every time you watch the guy, you're like, every time he has the ball in his hands and he's catching it, he's making a play. So I get frustrated watching him saying like, why don't they throw mm-hmm. to him more? Mm-hmm. And it's because obviously with that amount of target, he that target share when he has it, you see it, but he's just so frustrating. So I get your point with not having him as my number one wideout. Mm-hmm. And then I look at tight ends. I just I see a complete team besides those the the, the wideout situation between Williams and Waddle. You can almost cut and paste what I believe with Williams with Jalen Waddle. We don't really know what to expect out of him. Um, seems all like a big with, home run guy. Yeah. All I know with Waddle is that you're going to get a lot of catches. Um, you know, he, he had a lot of catches throughout the, as his rookie season. And he, he only got more as the year went on a couple games where he had 10 catches. Um, and like even the, the targets that he had, he caught most of them. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you look from week 12 to week 18, he had 10 targets, caught nine of them, had 11 targets, caught nine of them. At 12 targets, had caught 10 of them. So, you know, when he throws the ball, he's going to, or when Tua throws the ball, he's going to catch it. One thing that does hurt him, of course, this year is adding Tyreek Hill, who is, you know, going to want a lot of those targets. He's going to want a lot of the balls thrown to him. They are a running style team, too, because it's the coach from the Niners. So they're going to run the ball a bunch. Um, so that's going to be a very interesting person to watch this year who has ex- so much talent. And it's so fast and so shifty. Just get him in open space and he's going to fly. So is he going to be someone like a Debo Samuel where, of course, the coach of the Dolphins now came from San Francisco? Or is he going to be more of like a Brandon Ayuk where you don't know what you're going to get from him? I'll take both of those guys, honestly. Yeah, maybe not as my number two wide receiver with Brandon Ayuk. That a little scares me. But still, like, I guess the potential's there. I We don't really know how that offense is going to be. And whatever stats that we saw last year, um that i believe this offense will be better they'll have more opportunities to like win and not like i don't know i like him i don't i don't even know how to explain it i'm glad i don't have him on my team because i don't even know what my opinion is on him but i just like him and i think that's a good fit and we'll see how it works out for her and then just i mean you we know, don't really need really to talk quick, about 
Go ahead. What the the best player on our team, besides of course Jonathan Taylor, is by far Justin Tucker. Um, it's <laughs> my favorite kicker of all time. You can line up at the you know midfield line, fifty yard line, and he can be there, and you know it's automatically going in. Like it's yep. it's one of those things where it's can't even explain it. The guy literally has a robot leg, and he can sing opera. And There's only one Legatron. There's only one Legatron. No, and that guy's retired for a reason. It's because he sucks. But I, he's not on the Cowboys this year. Greg, uh, he should he shouldn't be on the Cowboys. I think he is. He, he we'll shouldn't check that. be. But hmm. Justin Tucker is is just something else. He is he's the best kicker in all of all time, in my opinion. Well, let's wrap up Seth's team. Obviously, I'm roster baiting all over it. Do you, what what do you think? Biggest weaknesses. Um, I think tight end. I don't think you can really trust Dallas Goddard. Um, I think I had him last year in our league, and you know, some weeks it's like three points, some weeks it's eleven or twelve max. Um, I think wide receiver, yeah, is kind of weak, but she has great running backs. So if those running backs hit, Javante Williams is a very much up in the air for me. I think thirteen point eight projected points is a little high because uh, that's going to be. That's touchdown dependent stats right there. So yeah. if he doesn't get a touchdown, that he's not going to hit thirteen point eight because um, he's still sharing the rock with Melvin Gordon. So yeah, I mean she has a great team um, and she's got decent depth on the bench. But overall, in this matchup, I mean we'll dive into Phillips's team here now. But um, pretty good squad. Yeah, why don't you lead it off? Because I just I'm still cooling yeah, down. I'll from let the high you. That I yeah, have I'll let Steph. you get a towel and. Uh, perhaps freshen up a little bit in the bathroom <laughs> a there. Wet nap. Um, but Phillips' team, led by the best running back in football, named Derrick Henry. I love Derrick Henry so much. He, you just give him the ball and you just get the fuck out of the way because he <laughs> will run you over if you yeah. attempt to at least have two players in front of you. Um, of course. Injuries are always a thing with him because he literally gets used maybe 50 times a game, um, which is just insane. But uh, if you are into stats and all that stuff, if you go back to his game log, his first eight weeks were by far better than Jonathan Taylor. It wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. I ain't seen stratosphere. He he would get – I'm looking at it right now. There was a week, week two. He had 46.5 fantasy points. That is insane. Absolutely insane. insane. He caught the ball six times, which he rarely ever does. Yeah. So he, out of those eight weeks, he rushed over 100 yards in six of them. No, sorry, Mm -hmm. uh, five of them. And he still had 86 in one game. You know, the guy just gets fed the ball so much. And that's going to happen again this year. There is still nobody behind him. They traded away A.J. Brown, so they don't really have a passing, uh, passing game. So this guy, it doesn't matter if you stack the box. He will literally run over you, and he will score touchdowns to where it's just like there's nothing you can do stopping this guy. So the only thing that can really stop him, in my opinion, are injuries, um, which is always a thing. You never know yeah. in football. Um, but looking at the rest of his roster, um, you know, having a having a, a tandem of Henry and DeAndre Swift, back-to-back running backs to start the draft off, um, so nice, pretty solid. Um, and then you have Travis Etienne Jr. as your flex option, and then you still have Zeke on your bench. You know, Phillips definitely set it up as a, for success as far as the running game goes. 
Um, and he has four legit options as running backs. So real quick, I'm I'm looking at between uh, Phillips' team and Rum Runner's team. Mm-hmm. And let me ask you the question. Christian McCaffrey, Aaron Jones, or would okay. you rather have Derrick Henry, DeAndre Swift as your top two running backs? So, yes, I think over the that's, – that's a good question. Uh, over the course of the season – I would probably take Derrick Henry and Swift only because Derrick Henry, I believe, was only hurt last year. I think he's been durable leading up to it. Uh, but if I was given like one game to win, I would probably take the one that has the higher ceiling, which is probably McCaffrey, as long as everyone is healthy. Uh, but I mean, Derrick Henry in general is just I, I would take Derrick Henry and one of my running backs on my bench over McCaffrey and Jones. That he is He's just by far my favorite running back to watch and kind of just sit back and be in awe. Um, and you know how you roster baited over Steph's team. Um, I'm going to go clean up after myself after talking about Derrick Henry for the last five minutes, which you should. Cause I implore, I wish I had your mindset when it comes to running backs, like you mentioned uh, a lot with like injury history and people being scared of how much they run him. Literally any guy you draft, no matter what there's injury risk, but for some True. reason, Every single time um, I look at Derrick Henry, I get the little goosebumps. I'm like, oh, well, he runs too much. He runs too much. I mean, that's the whole point of fantasy football, put, getting guys the opportunity to run. And that's, that, those who, that's who gets the most points. So I'm Definitely. always mad with Derrick Henry that I have that mindset with him because I remember last year, I believe it was last year, um, that stupid mindset of mine made me skip over Derrick Henry and draft Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And yep, I, I will that. never regret that. Yeah, um, I, mean, while I you, was really yeah, close, really quick. I was really close to taking Derrick Henry at four, but um, I just couldn't do it. If I was in that like five or six spot, or probably the sixth spot where Phil was, I probably would have taken Derrick Henry over Dalvin Cook. Well, as your swindler of the running backs, I absolutely positively hate both of his uh, Phillips's wide Brown receivers. Brothers? The Brown brothers, that should be his team name, but I don't know if that really works. But uh, I hate A.J. Brown. I I absolutely hate Eagles offense. I've watched them year after year being a mediocre team. So it's maybe one of those things that I need to just, just stop thinking about the past, looking to the future. But like I um, I mean, like to I be mentioned, fair, they just they haven't had a wide receiver, though, in years. Like a I, good they don't one. have a quarterback. That's the problem. They don't have a throwing quarterback. Yeah. From what I've seen from Jalen Hurts is that he's super inefficient throwing the ball. I watched some of the most horrendous stat lines from him uh, being incredibly inefficient. And they say he, he doesn't have weapons. They had Devontae Smith last year. I know he was a rookie and I know that team was still developing. I just, I can't get over the fact. I don't think it's AJ Brown is just going to be that magic pixie dust that hops on that team. And then they're going to be efficient um, through the air. And then also, and then I look at Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown and, uh, all over the place. I know he was a, a great wide receiver and I bet he was a top 12 wide receiver last year, but I look at him coming over uh, with to Arizona tw- and two times throughout the year, he's going to be matched up with Jalen Ramsey. Hopefully as a Rams fan, I mean, look to the schedule that we play the Cardinals uh, both the times before Deandre Hopkins is back. But regardless, mm. I mean, Jalen locks up whoever. So, but I potentially, we get two games where he's getting locked up against Jalen and I know the outside for San Francisco is not great, but that interior pass rush is so nasty that I don't even think Kyler's going to be running around the whole time. 
that so I look at those four matchups that he's no matter what's going to face throughout the year, and I mean that's that's potentially four weeks that Damn, you're that not getting a number one wide receiver. Kyler Murray as their quarterback. More on that later. <laughs> yeah. Well, I what mean, do you think? I I see what you mean by both of those players. I think AJ Brown is definitely someone that has that boomer bust potential because. If you can get him in open space, if he can go like blow past the receiver, like off the line, that guy. But you got to think, Ryan Tannehill is not a good quarterback either, and he did really well with under Ryan Tannehill. So I don't Ryan know. Ryan Tannehill that, is at least an efficient. He was at least efficient with the arm. Way more efficient. Jalen uh, Hurts. Yeah, I mean Ryan Tannehill has had like nine years in the league though. So yeah, okay. I mean, I, I gives gives some time to see what Jalen Hurts can do with like a legit. Well, I have one year. I have one. one year of fantasy football. How much time am I going to give him? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Well, I'm just saying, like, over the course of the season, it might start off kind of slow, but I do think that there will be some games where you're like, damn, AJ, like against the Giants, you know that they yeah. play in a they play in a weak division, so they, he could he could go off. Um, Marquise Brown, on the other hand. I would say the first six weeks are his time to shine. Like he needs to be able to show that he can be a number one because that's what all that he's wanted this entire time. Yeah. Um, because without DeAndre Hopkins, I don't even know who else they have for Arizona. Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore Beast. is the other guy. So like you have two guys on Arizona and that is a vertical offense. Like all they want to do is throw that ball down the field, have Kyler leak out here and there, throw the ball down the field. So I mean, Marquise Brown had a thousand yards last year with Lamar Jackson as his quarterback. Yeah. So I do think Marquise is going, and Christian Kirk had a really good year last year with with Kyler and had a good you know career with Kyler. So I do think Marquise has has that potential to be a good number two, perhaps just a flex wide receiver. But I don't mind it as much as you do. Um, but I I can see your your reservations with both Cardinals first six games of the season this year. They're at. Looks like they're at home against Chiefs on the road against the Raiders, at home against the Rams. That's a loss. Uh, on the road against Panthers, and then at home against the Eagles. I mean, so like I don't mind those matchups besides yeah. the, the the Rams one. Like, yeah, of course Jalen Ramsey is going to do his thing. Rams defense is going to do their thing. Um, but I think in general, I, I do think he has a chance to show because that's all he's wanted is, is that shot to show that he can be a number one somewhere and, and get paid the money that he deserves, all that stuff. So, All right. Well, I feel like we wrapped these guys up pretty – any quick hits on either team? Um, I mean, I do feel like Phillips can play a couple guys off the bench if he wanted to, you know, projection-wise. Zeke is projecting more points than, you know, Etienne or, um, you know, Allen Robinson could be a good play. If he doesn't, you're not comfortable with AJ or Marquise, but I feel like both of those guys have good matchups against Detroit and Kansas City. And then on the other side, I think Steph's team is pretty much what she has on her her roster, on her uh, starting roster. Um, and I think for the matchup itself, yeah, I think looking at who the the matchups that Steph has has her players has, I think you can't go wrong with. You know, Lamar going against the Jets defense. Uh, Jonathan Taylor going against the Texans defense. Absolute slaughter. Uh, Javante going against Seattle's defense. And then Mike Williams, I do think he will he usually plays the Raiders pretty well. So, I, yeah, I would take Steph, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is like a close matchup. I'm taking Steph by a landslide. 
Okay. Like absolute landslide. I we'll call it how many points? Um, I say by at least twelve points. I don't know where that number came from. A landslide. But I think that's it, I think isn't. That's, I think for I fantasy, think like you know, you go look back at some of the give matchups me, last year. Give me I lost twenty some, points. Lost some games by like forty-five. Well, 20 point, I mean, 20 pretty, points. Okay, pretty that, evident. I'll give fair. twenty points. That, that's. I mean, I feel like that's a lot. Right. There's twenty points. Yeah, so I'm going. I'm going. Uh, Steph, you're going. Steph too. Yeah, I'll go. Steph, but I think I think it's under ten points. Mm. Stressful, stressful week for uh, House Chargarian, number one pick in the draft. All right, Jake, do you want to introduce us here? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, the number one team in the league plays uh, the top team last year, uh, the Notorious, though, but LA Bash Bros against the Notorious uh, Trey. Um, LA Bash Bros due to my number one pick, Cooper Cup, connecting with my <sighs> number one player of all time, Justin Herbert. Um, sorry, Philip Rivers, you are now demoted to number two. But uh, you have a Herbert jersey? Oh yeah, I think I have two jerseys oh. actually. Um, hmm. But yeah, so I had a very interesting draft. I didn't even have a draft strategy to be honest going into it. I wanted to see where some players fell, and I felt like perhaps as the draft was going on, I had to take certain players. They were just right in front of me, and I didn't like any of their running backs. Um, so. My first couple picks were wide receivers and a tight end. To get C.D. Lamb, in my opinion, in the third round, I think is is a steal. Um, but after that, I mean, I can look back and look at the draft recap really quick. I just did not like any of the running backs on the board. For instance, when I had Court- Cortland Sutton. I dropped Cortland Sutton in the fifth round. Guys on the board were, were either David Montgomery, Zeke. Yuck, yuck. Brees Hall, he's on your team. But, like, I just – Yum. I didn't like any of those guys in that round, so I just felt like I needed to continue. So then I kind of had to pick someone in the six, which I landed on Elijah Mitchell and then Kareem Hunt later on. So my starting running backs are definitely the weakest in the league. Uh, not going to not gonna bullshit you guys there. But I do think with perhaps – Health is the number one thing with my running backs. If my guys can stay healthy, I think I have a shot at a long season. But Elijah Mitchell himself, I personally like him. I looked at his average last year, and he was a top 15 running back in the league. Mm -hmm. Um, Average. He was averaging 14 to 15 points a game. Um, But the guy can rarely stay healthy. So it will be very interesting to see what he can do this year. Um, I mean, even right now, I'm looking at it. He's questionable. Already, so he <laughs> the worst. So he could possibly already miss this Sunday. I'm not sure, but um, you know, looking at my squad, I like my weapons. I think they're very much um, can score touchdowns easily. I got Cooper Cup, who of course is the best, if not one of the best, wide receivers in the league, and he gets just so many balls thrown to him. Allen Robinson definitely will take away from some of that this year which I expect, but he is the red zone guy. He is the guy around the 30-yard line that Stafford can just throw bombs to. He's someone when the Rams are down, they just heavily rely on, and for some reason, he's always wide open. Um, And CD doesn't really have anybody around him. They still have a high-powered offense there. Cortland Sutton actually has a quarterback this year, 
Um, I mean, he has got to stay healthy too, but you know, I think my team is going to be very uh, solid across the board. However, I, I will need to have my running back score touchdowns. What do you think? Uh, how many more points do you think Cooper Cup scored than uh, second place for wide receivers? What I, would be I was guess? looking at this the other day. I think I'm going to guess it was like 50. 60, oh, 65. 65. 65 more two? points than Debo. Debo and Debo ran the ball a lot. So and Debo that, and and yeah. the difference between uh, Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams, who was number three, well, we're looking at about 80, 84 points. Yeah, so that's crazy. even if you see a regression this year, um, because well, he's not going to repeat it. I mean, I'm the biggest Cooper Cup Rams home homeboy homer, and um, I don't I don't see him repeating it. It could happen. I guess it's in the I mean, realm of possibilities. He had sixteen touchdowns last year, so yeah, I would be shocked if he matches sixteen <laughs> yeah. touchdowns. I don't think he's going to get as many receptions, and I think his yardage is going to drop a little bit. But sixteen touchdowns is a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, a, a regression to the mean. You're still getting, you're still getting a number one wide receiver. You're still getting the stature in which where you drafted him. So I think you can be happy with that. Um, Okay, well, you're pumping up your team. I I disagree completely with Elijah Mitchell. I hate looking at that's the first running back I look on your roster because I literally I know he's going to get injured. It's I don't care I don't I don't care what your last name is on the on that Niners backfield. I it would make me sick to my stomach entering week 1 and thinking about week 4 that I'm rolling with uh, a a guy that's literally already questionable, him and CD just i and i know there's nothing you can do but i'm saying this and we look at my team and i probably have like seven guys on questionable but uh it's just especially with that san francisco running back core and not only injuries but we've seen in the past is that they always keep a somewhat deep uh stash of running backs either very not high title we look at jeff wilson jr dude that guy steals more touchdowns than i swear any running back it seems like um they always are hitting on undrafted running backs i believe they have another one that i was reading a report that they liked i couldn't even tell you his name yeah, I, but i don't know I feel there's like always someone there those guys like jeff wilson jr definitely is someone but Mostert is no longer there trey sermon got cut like they they don't yeah. have the five-headed monster that they once had a couple years ago um but i i see what you're saying regarding mitchell um the injury thing is definitely something that I always, um, but I'm gonna ride with it. I I think the I think the potential is there to where if you can give me 12 healthy weeks with him, I will take that. I will take that because I figure throughout the season, with the depth that I can have at wide receiver, be able to to flip, you know, one of them for a number two somewhere. Yeah, I yeah, and the name that I was looking for. For that rookie was a Tyron Davis Prince guy. I'm trying to look at what college he went to, but still, it's. I swear they find some guy in the trash heap. They put him in that stupid, ugly red and gold jersey, and they're like week six. They're putting up 100 yards against like. It's just it pisses me off. I so maybe it's more. I'm not. Um, I'm not. Maybe I'm not looking through this lens in a in a proper way. I just hate the Niners. So I see him. It makes you me sick to my stomach. Because they beat you but, guys every single year. That's why. Well, they should have beat us. They should have won in the playoffs too. That <laughs> that poor guy. That poor guy. But you know what? 
things happen. Um, and, but what doesn't happen for most teams and most leagues is drafting two quarterbacks, drafting two defenses and, and I haven't cussed yet, but God damn it. Drafting two fucking kickers in one draft. I, blows my mind and this is the perfect swag way to trace team and we were talking we, we've been doing this recording and we've been talking midway through uh as we get ready for the next matchups and uh i uh i just i cannot believe it. i'm in awe it's like my little brother did this draft and that guy's an <laughs> idiot and i just but it's it, as much as I want to scream looking at his roster because it goes against everything I want to do, what pisses me off more than anything is that he beat me last year in the finals. And I swear every every season he's in the mix. Mm-hmm. So he's doing something right. I just don't get it. And it, it's so frustrating. Yeah, I mean, if you remember last year, he had Lamar and Justin Herbert. He drafted both. He's I'm looking at his team last year. He had the Bucks defense and he had the Bills defense. He had he didn't have he didn't have <laughs> oh two kickers God. on the team, but uh, you know he he drafts. You know I I just I agree with you. I don't know what how it works, but somehow it works, and it is a sight to hold. He was twelve and two last year, so I I can't talk trash on the way that Trey drafted unless he goes. You know he doesn't make the playoffs or goes zero and thirteen like Phil did a couple years ago, uh, but. <laughs> You know, it somehow, some way, it, it works. I and I look at his roster, and his roster is fine. Like Josh Allen, I don't know where he drafted Josh Allen, but like he had that last year where he had Lamar, and then he had uh, Herbert. Both of his start hit two like number like the one and two running uh, quarterbacks on his starting team, but he went with Josh Allen. Uh, he loves having his top end uh, quarterback. I don't know. I don't know what his favorite team is. The Oregon Ducks. Shout out Oregon Ducks. Shout out fifty-one to three loss to Georgia. Well, okay, but we're talking NFL here. I feel like he's always has Chargers on his team, and it's evident this year as well with Eckler. Yeah, I believe and that his first uh, three picks were Eckler, Allen, and Keenan. Eckler, Allen. What? No, Eckler, Allen, mm-hmm. and Keenan. Allen and. Ke- Oh, oh! I get what you're saying. You get a little confused me there. There's oh, a Keenan no, no. Allen. I'm like Josh Allen. What? Oh, well, oh, that no, makes sorry, more sense. I take that back. It but, was uh, Eckler, then Keenan Allen, and then Josh Allen. Okay, so well, that makes more sense. Josh Allen in the second. Josh that sounds Allen scary. In the third. I don't know why. Keenan, Keenan Allen. I know. I guess the third's not that much of a yep. difference, but still, um, I like his team. I I don't get. Uh, how he ended up with Chris Godwin. I oh, love Chris I Godwin was, this year. I feel like the most pissed off I was during the draft yesterday was I Trey happened to be right in front of me at the third spot, and he picked Chris Godwin right before me in the seventh round. I was just salivating yeah. over Chris Godwin, ready to pick him, ready to have him as my wide receiver four, and then be able to flip him through the season somehow. And then he just yeah. and I, and I had this feeling. That he was going to pick him right before me, um, but mm-hmm. yeah, wasn't too happy about that. Trey's one of those guys that you you do not want to be around him in terms of the draft order. Like he's the sneaky, mm-hmm. like sneaky pick. He's the guy that that he literally is inside your head, knows who you're going to take. And I mean, it's obviously evident right there. But yeah, I love Chris Godwin. Is that number two? I love I love Keenan. I love God, uh, Godwin. Both kind of sit 
fit similar roles in their respective mm-hmm. teams. Um, Godwin, when healthy, I think with with Tom and Tampa, it's like safety blanket. He's going to command so much attention, so many targets. Um, I don't know how efficient he was uh, red zone, and I know obviously they rely, rely a lot on uh, prison Mike Evans over yeah, there. Yeah, I mean he had but, uh, one, two, three, four, five, five touchdowns in fifteen weeks last which seems year. Seems light. Doesn't yeah, it? but he he got a lot of targets throughout that. Like there yeah. are a couple yeah. games where he didn't score touchdowns, but he still got six. Uh, I guess it's a rushing touchdown. That's strange. Uh, Sixteen points there. Oh, that's nice. Ten points here. So I mean, yeah, it's it, there's a lot of mouths to feed in Tampa Bay, um, but Brady does throw the ball so much to where you know there's a game here against Buffalo. I remember that one being high scoring, but he caught the ball ten times for 105 yards. Still had 15 and a half points. Yeah. With no touchdowns, the. But what do you think of my comp there between Godwin and Allen? Like similar role, different as far as player. In terms of just like I guess like efficiency. Yeah, in I terms mean Keenan is like definitely the, role in the offense. The number one for the Chargers, where you know Chris Godwin, Keenan though does struggle to score touchdowns at times. Yeah, I can see that that comp a little bit as far as red zone. Like Mike Williams is can be, you know, compared to Mike Evans as far as red zone and throwing up fades and all that stuff because he's bigger and taller than everybody else. Um, but, yeah. you know, Keenan and Herbert do have good chemistry to the point that where Keenan, I think, has gotten a 1,000 yards, or at least he was close last year. Um, he's gotten close to, uh, I think he's had a 1,000 yards in his last, like, three years. So he gets the yards. Yeah. He gets, you know, five, six touchdowns a year, which isn't a lot. Um, so that's one mm-hmm. thing I wouldn't necessarily have picked Keenan so high in the second round. Um, I'd rather take someone like CD lamb who has, you know, more of that, like more of that potential to go off and like they throw the ball yeah. a lot. So, um, but yeah, I, I definitely think that he has the potential again to return to the playoffs, make a deep run. I mean, anytime you have Josh Allen and Austin Eckler, two very high scoring players. Um, yeah. I think you have a good chance. I mean, you have the, you have, you have very easily the number one quarterback mm-hmm. in all fantasy football and in no stretch of the imagination, you could be having the number one running back in all football. So having those two corner pieces, uh, cornerstone pieces are going to be great. Um, let's, Let's go. Let's dive in. What do we think? Matchup here. Obviously, you're gonna be biased here, but let, I mean, we have a yeah, one and a half, one point nine line spread of the week. I want to be surprised if I get screwed over again, thanks to the projections. Um, I think yeah. it's gonna be close, and I I really do think that if either one of my running backs scores a touchdown and has a good day, I think it's gonna be hard for me to lose like a week. But mm-hmm. that is a lot, a lot asking for those two guys that I have as my starting running backs. Um, there is potential that I could, you know, move one of the Dolphins running backs up there. But that's also kind of just, yeah. you know, if I play one of those guys, then I have to hope that they stay with one. Uh, but my wide receivers are pretty much set. It'll be close. Um, I am rooting for the Rams Thursday night because Trey has the Bills defense. Um, and then I, of yep. course, have the Chargers defense, which I think is going to be well, and Josh Allen too. Yeah, and Josh Allen. So I will actually know probably by the end of Thursday whether or not uh, mm-hmm. how I how I'm going to be doing. And I have Cooper Cup going Thursday, so this is going to be pretty much like 
yeah, it's a big all Thursday. Our, uh, our, two of our top you know, players. That Charger game is basically going to be the majority of our points, especially Trey. He's got Eckler, Jacobs, mm-hmm. and Keenan Allen. And I have the Chargers defense and Herbert. So there's like two games here that I just have to keep an eye on, I feel like, um, for the rest of this matchup. But I'm going to take myself, of course. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if my, of course, if my running backs just don't meet their projections, um, then I do think that I that I can lose. Uh, I'm rooting for Mike, uh, Justin Herbert to Mike Williams six times on Sunday. Well, I think uh, Stephanie would was happy to hear that. Uh, I'm going to go with your team too. I, I don't think we talked about it at all. And nearly enough, we talk about it in our little circle. But I think Cortland Sutton is probably going to be one of your best. No, I mean, obviously not to Cooper Cup. But I honestly see a world where Cortland Sutton is right next to CeeDee Lamb as one of the top wideouts in all of fantasy. I think he's just in a perfect situation. I think you have an absolute three-headed monster at the wideout position. Running back is weak. But you obviously took that approach in your draft selection. Um and I thought you summed it up pretty well. You just need you need you need a touchdown. You need someone to fall in the end zone. Uh, we're gonna get to my team in a little bit. We're gonna be talking about my boy Chubby. So I'm looking at Cream Hunt there, and I'm worried oh, yeah. about that perspective he outlook. A he is a touchdown stealer. So I def I definitely can see that optimism for you. And um, yeah, I mean, looking across the aisle, I feel like you got him. I feel like you have him in kind of the big uh, home runs areas. I I almost see. Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, almost like a wash in terms of points, considering Josh Allen going up against the Rams. I don't know much about Las Vegas defense, it's but I know trash. my Rams defense, and I know that. Yeah, so I feel like there's a wash in that, and that's in most times that's where Trey's going to have the advantage. But against Justin Herbert, I think it's going to be tight. But I'll give you, I'll give you the squeaker there. All right, all right, we're going to go to our last matchup. It is your boy, Tyler, the creator, two point versus a Shane quarterback sneaks he's had that name for i think since he started playing in the league i don't think it's changed yeah, i think he has had that same name but at least he doesn't steal a, a name from somebody else well i mean I, I like switching up my team names every now and then i don't know if i'm committed to this and i'm not doing it just because you called it out i just thought it was funny but i truly believe though uh the team that you filled it last year with Kyler murray uh this alliteration with Kyler murray on my team it's a newer uh newer improved I don't even remember my team last year, but I look at my team this year and I hate it. I don't even know why I even sold that 2.0 because I hate my team. I went into the draft and I wanted so badly to lock down my first two picks of running backs. I wanted Najee and I wanted, I wanted Mixon. I wanted Najee. I wanted, man, I don't even know who else was. Honestly, I wanted Mixon. I thought Mixon was still going to be, oh no, I wanted Najee and I wanted Alvin Kamara. Those yeah, are I don't like, understand why you thought Kamara was going to fall. I, I don't. I don't know. I. I just wishful thinking there, buddy. It. I know, and I. I feel like Fischl. I don't know. I just. I thought he was going to fall to me. I was very excited. Um, I was given the opportunity to go Najee and Swift as my top two running you did. backs. You had Swift right there for you. I. I had Swift right there for me, but then I saw Devontae Adams and. I I don't know what what swooned me to take uh, Adams over Swift, but I think I think I can get prisoner of the moment, especially with names. I mean, if you look at my roster, I got a lot. I feel like I got a lot of just names that pop. That when you see it, you're like, oh man, like 
I remember that guy last year. He was a beast. Yeah, Pat or Fryer Muth. Well, tight ends is a little bit different story, but Pat, little Patty was he was pretty good last year. But uh, yeah, I saw Devontae Adams and I and I kind of got scared and I was just like, you know what? I can't pass him up here. Um, sometimes I, you got to think on the fly when you're on the draft. So um, after Devontae Adams and that run of running backs went, I knew I absolutely knew I had to get a running back with my next pick. Um, I was nervous of what they call the RB dead zone with uh, guys like we've already talked about, like Miles Sanders. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm looking at David Montgomery. I know he went higher, but like that's a kind of a guy I wasn't really keen on having as my second running back. I don't know. We just looked at his, I just looked at his efficiency. He was pretty efficient. He got a lot of carries, but something with that tier of running back that I was very nervous for. So I know we're in a half point PPR. Nick Chubb is not more, not really the most receptive uh, running back out there mm-hmm. in the league, but he's the kind of guy where he's almost, he's almost in that Derrick Henry light, like extremely light where he's going to get the volume and he's just going to run through people. And I'm just going to hope that um, he gets those goal line carries. He uh, can break off one of those big runs and he just is mowing through his points through the ground. That's my hope. Um, And that's why I felt like on that third pick, I had to reach for him. So looking at my running backs with Najee, Nick Chubb, I feel pretty confident. I feel like, I mean, I can't compete with uh, what we had with uh, run runners team and was it House Targaryen? I don't think I can compete with them. Actually, who did who had Derrick Henry? What uh, was that Phillips, Derrick Henry so match that we loved? Phillips. So Phillips. Yeah, I guess you know what? Now that I'm looking at each team, I guess I have the fourth. I I believe I have the fourth best running back duo in the league. Which going into the draft, that's something I really didn't want. I thought I was going to be able to be one of the top guys, but we are. But I landed on Devonte Adams, which I'm happy with, and uh, I love Michael Pittman Jr. Like I love him. I think kind of how I was praising Cortland Sun. I think Michael Pittman Jr. can make that next step. Um, he's going to be the number one target, number one playmaker for his team in maybe the worst division in football. He's got a brand new quarterback with Matt Ryan, who's a heck of a lot better than what Carson Wentz and whatever laundry they threw out there at mm-hmm. quarterback last season. Um, I think just quality of play, quality of quarterback is going to be a, 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 a Definite benefit for him and rounding out with Brandon Cooks. Uh, Brandon Cooks was it four out of his last six seasons. He's been a thousand yard receiver, uh, even though he's buried in Houston and he, he has a subpar quarterback with Davis Mills. The guy produces and having him as my flex option where I can kind of interchange him with uh, someone like Brees Hall. Um, I felt like my strategy of just loading up running backs, wide receivers, um, making my team pretty balanced. I'm not going to, maybe I'm missing some of the kind of boom, uh, boom plays that some other teams have by loading up their front roster. Um, but I feel like I have a very balanced team. I think I have the most balanced team in the league and I'm being obviously a little narrow minded, but I love my bench, love my starting. I love Pat guys touchdowns. I feel like you have to, you have to, uh, uh, a tight end from Pittsburgh needs to be on someone's team, whether it's like Heath Miller or it's my boy, Eric Ebron. Don't bring up like, Eric Ebron. He's still lost. Oh, I love lost, Eric Ebron. Uh, playoffs because he can get more than five catches one year. Well, shout out Eric but still, Ebron. I, you gotta get, Asshole. you gotta have a tight end on Pittsburgh. They, I swear they're always in the end zone and they're always catching touchdowns. So I like my team, but let's rip it up, Jake. What, what do you I, hate? Uh, I like your team. I am, 
for some reason, I'm just not on the Najee Harris train. Although they're going to use him so much. Um, I'm not going to lie. I do think his injury kind of scares me before the season. Um, and, it, you know, it should be good to go. He should be ready. Um, but having that and missing the entire preseason, I feel like that's not something you want to start out with, especially as your number one pick. But they use him so much. They don't really have a great quarterback there. Although I will say I think Mitch Trubisky plays better than Ben Roethlisberger last year. Oh, definitely an upgrade. Um, so I think that he does better. They still have Kenny Pickett and their rookie. Um, as long as Mason Rudolph doesn't play, they should be fine. Uh, but <laughs> poor I, Mason. I think uh, – no, not poor Mason. Um, I do feel like their line is not great. But they use him so much to where they'll probably just give him the ball twenty times a game and hand it off or dump it off to him five times a game. So you're going to get points regarding that. Um, yeah, you know what I what I used to love about the Rams, uh, how they used to hit the complete inefficiency and like lack of mobility of Jared Goff was, and they didn't have Rams never really had the greatest offensive line, but they hit it very well with a lot of like misdirection mm-hmm. and like pulling pulling the defensive line or the offensive line like one way and then doing like redirection with their quarterback, like pulling out the other side. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, I see that with Mr. Drinsky. He has legs, he has a motor. And like, I, I definitely see like if what you think that they have a, um, a tough offensive line, I feel like smart teams, smart uh, coaches can kind of get around that given the talent. I mean, let's just dump off city. I mean, Mitch Drabinski brings a whole another element to that quarterback position that obviously Steelers haven't seen in like 20 something years. So it's going to be super exciting to watch Pittsburgh. Yeah. This year. I, I think just looking at the players on your teams, I don't really see any of them having high powered offenses besides maybe Arizona. And that's of course important because of your quarterback, but like Pittsburgh, I don't see them having a great offense. Cleveland's going to struggle because they don't have a quarterback. So perhaps mm-hmm. they just give Chubb and Kareem Hunt the ball. Now the Raiders, it all depends on Derek Carr and the chemistry that him and Adams had at Fresno State. They are really good friends, so I do think that he is still going to be just as good. Indianapolis, I think, is going to be decent regarding offense. But then Houston, yeah, like uh, I think Cooks is still a good player. And sure, he can get those the, those 1,000 yards, but like is he going to get – touchdowns as he you know is that's that's the name of the game in fantasy so Mm -hmm. um you know i i do like your team i think you have another team that's going to make the playoffs or be right around there i wouldn't be surprised if you do make some deals because that's usually what you do and you you get very anxious and you start just wheeling and dealing um the one guy that i will say when you were going over him nick chubb I want you to answer this question. Who had more touchdowns in the team's first five games last year, Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt? Well, when you set it up like that, let's hear it. Oh, How yeah. many more did well, Kareem I mean, Hunt he have? He only had one more. Kareem had five and Chubb had four. But that's mm-hmm. the reason why I'm banking on Kareem Hunt. Before he got hurt last year, they are still going to use both guys. Just, yep. uh, you know, timeshare, 60-40 probably to Chubb. So, mm-hmm. And Kareem Hunt is getting those receptions I mean, I think in the first couple games, he had a game where he caught six or seven passes. So I think they are going to give the ball to to Chubb 20 times a game. Uh, but I do think Kareem goes in there, gets 10 carries, 15 carries, and catches five or six passes. So I wouldn't be surprised if Kareem steals a lot of Chubb's you know, touchdowns. And I think close games, I think what you want if you're watching Chubb are close games. 
to where they give him the ball and if they're down by, you know, four points with five minutes left, they run that ball from the 20 yard line all the way in with Chubb. So yeah. definitely um, going to want that. So I definitely think that you have a good squad. Um, I'm going to start on the Shane's team and then we'll let you finish it up with that. But we have a team here that, I mean, a Shane brings it on himself. He likes to self-proclaim himself as the worst team in the league year after year. I hate it. I hate um, it. Just, I think the first time he joined our, our ESPN league, I believe he came in like top three or top two. He had an amazing oh, team. Keep, ever keep since going over that, the roster. I'll check it out. All right. Ever since that, it's just been just last place every year. I'm not sure why. I don't know if like, you know, Phil Okamoto perhaps took a Shane's like powers, like Space Jam. It was like the Monstars, <laughs> but like, and they just swapped bodies, but the Shane's team. And I don't think it's terrible. I mean, having Justin Jefferson, Debo and DJ Moore, I think that's a great three headed monster as well. Um, you know, we talked about my team having a three headed monster at wide receiver. I think that this rivals it. It might be even better only because I do think DJ Moore had a really good year last year with just terrible quarterback play. So Mm -hmm. having Baker Mayfield, who I do think still has the opportunity of being a decent quarterback, um, him being the quarterback, DJ Moore didn't have too many touchdowns, but he had, let me look at his stats last year. He had over a thousand yards. He had 1100 yards. So, he still had a bunch. And then, of course, Justin Jefferson is, is amazing in his own right. Debo's amazing in his own right. George Kittle, I can never get a grasp on George Kittle in fantasy because I feel like some weeks he can just be an absolute monster. And then there are some weeks mm-hmm. where he just blocks the entire time. And you're like, why aren't you using your best weapon? Um, yep. So he's always just hit and miss with me. And then we get to his the first three players on his team, the, the quarterback and two running backs. This is just I feel like very boomer, or not even boom. I think just like hitting projections or bust. Um, Jalen Hurts, you know, you've already spoken about Jalen Hurts and how you don't like him whatsoever. Nope. Um, nope. <clears throat> but I will say that he does get those rushing touchdowns. I'm looking at the first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks of the season last year, had over 20 points every single season or every single week. So that's what you want out of your quarterback is that efficiency and getting 20 points a week, at least with your quarterback, um, which is huge. And so having that, and then you look at James Conner and David Montgomery, James Conner has had one really good year. I feel like in the last few seasons, and I think he's missed with injury, Um, but he had so many touchdowns last year to where like that has to come back to the, he has to come back down to earth. Like having, like two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. He had 18 total touchdowns last year. That's insane. So like, <laughs> does he get back to that? Probably not. Do they have another option behind him? Not really. They don't really have nope. anyone. They don't have Chase Edmonds nope. anymore. They don't have Kenyon Drake. I think Eno Benjamin is the backup behind him, who I don't never heard yeah, of. Him. So, like, he is the guy, which is huge when it comes to fantasy. But 18 total touchdowns, I find that very hard. And then David Montgomery, we touched on a little bit. Like he's efficient in, in some games, but that offense, and especially that offensive line, is absolutely putrid. So I don't know. He he has some players on the bench, um, but I think it's going to start out a little rough for Shane to where the trades are going to get flying with his team as well. 
um, as far yep. as I love it. Trying oh, I to, love it to get maybe more of an upgrade for running back because um, he does have wide receivers to spare. So that's probably someone that I'm going to have to, bat- to to challenge to try and grab a running back from somebody else. Um, uh, yeah, I hate that little our, inside collusion. One of our, no, no, no. We both have really good wide receivers. So I'm going to have yeah. to try to like challenge. I'm trying to like oh, upsell my guys over his guys because I do feel oh, okay. like both of, us, both of us are going to try to find a running back sometime throughout the season to, to better our squads. Yeah. Yeah, um, to kind of close the loop on your point on a Shane throughout the year. So I'm looking at uh, our league history, 2018. Uh, that was his first season, nine and four. Yeah. Uh, 2019 is when we started that precipitous cl- uh, decline. He was four and nine, 2019, and then last year in the cellar, you know, 2019 is four and nine. 2020 he was four and nine, and then last year, 2021 he was six and eight. Wolf. Yeah, so I, I remember that first year because I was just like, "Dang, okay, this guy's coming in fresh. Like, this is like not not a bad not a bad team." And then ever since then, it's just been yeah, it's been bad. It has not been good. What's this is my favorite thing. This is my favorite thing to do is um, that nine and four team. Let's just real quickly. We don't have to touch on these, but real quickly, let's go over his starting lineup. Starting quarterback Andrew Luck, solid. Starting running back Philip Lindsay, he was great. Saquon Barkley. Wideouts. We had Calvin Ridley, Keenan Allen, tight end Zach Ertz, and R.I.P. at flex Demarius Thomas. Yeah, I mean all those guys. I feel like if you're talking, was that 2017? 2018. 2018. Yeah, I feel like back in 2018, all those guys were like somewhat household names in fantasy. Like those are guys that you kind of like relied on. So, yeah, I think uh, Shane. Something's got to change for Shane here. Something. Uh, has got to go, and it's funny that he's projected to to beat you by five and a half points. Um, Insane. And if that line holds true, I mean, what a shock shocker that would be this this week. So, I mean, you've already touched on a lot with this team, but quick hits for me. Um, yeah, I don't like George. I don't like George Kittle. I feel like you had to pay a premium to get him just because of the name. But like you mentioned. Um, there's sometimes they're so quick to go to a game script for him where he's becoming the blocker and where that's beneficial and obviously celebrated within like fandom. And if you're a Niners fan, but in terms of fantasy uh, football, be so, so frustrating in certain matchups that you're just, you get game stripped out of it uh, right from the get go. Uh, James Conner, there's gotta be a touchdown regression coming from that team. Uh, we kind you kind of touched on it with my team though. Just real quick. I do have Kyler Murray, I am so frustrated with that pick. I I do not like Kyler Murray. I hate watching him play. It's literally like watching um, Jake play Madden with uh, Russell uh, Russell Wilson. Just as hey, soon I as he the hikes the ball, he's just. It's true, but as soon as he hikes the ball, he's literally just scramble, holding an RT RT or R two and just scrambling around. It is so frustrating. So I'm gonna be pulling my hair out. I'll probably trade him. The, uh, like we were talking about with uh, Shane being a viable trade partner throughout the year, same as me. I I hope to get Kyler off my team. So if you're listening to this, he's he's open. So um, what's your projection? What are we What are we thinking here? Um, Who's winning this matchup? I think with the opponents that each team is playing, I do like the matchups that a Shane has as far as who he's playing. So, for instance, I do think that the Niners are going to stomp on the Bears. 
So I could see them, you know, going off a little bit. The Eagles going off against the Lions. James Conner, I don't think the Casey has a great run defense, uh, but that might be, catch, be playing catch-up throughout the game. But looking at yours, I do think the Chargers absolutely shut down Devontae Adams. Actually, oh, no. no. No, J.C. Jackson's probably yeah, out. So, take that um, back. Jeez. If J.C. Jackson was playing, I think that would be different, but I think he's out, which is big for for Adams. Um. I think I'll take I think I'll take your team, but I definitely think it's going to be close as far as I'm trying to think of when these teams are playing. Because I don't think I think you have only one on Monday night. Seattle and Denver. Shane has nobody yeah. on Monday night. So I mean you'll you'll know by it looks like a Shane's team and mostly all plays Sunday morning. So um Okay, cool. You'll I know like that. you'll know by the, the one o'clock games whether or not you have a chance, but I will say if, because you're going to get points no matter what from Justin Jefferson and Debo and probably DJ Moore. Um, so if one of his running backs does go off, I wouldn't be surprised if he does does overtake you. But I do think that you have a consistent team to the point that we're like, you're going to always get around 110, 115 points. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, league scoring can be a little screwy, but that's always my goal. As I always set the baseline is... Um, can I get to 100? Can I am mm-hmm. I building a team where I can get to 100? Can I get 10 points out of every single guy on my team? I looking at this team, besides Patty, but Patty, I always rely on t- on tight end as just a uh, who can get that touchdown. Obviously, I'm losing that department. I think with George Kittle, obviously way bigger threat, probably on the field a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So I know I lose that, but uh, but still, I feel like I have a consistent team. Like you said, I can hit that 100 mark. I can probably scratch into that 120 with good play, but I don't know with week one how big of a play it is like on the road and stuff like that. I didn't even notice that like my entire team besides Cooks and, and Murray uh, are on the road, which that's kind of weird. I, I hate superstitious stuff like that. But uh, I want to say I want to say that I think I am the winner this week, but I am going to give it to a Shane just for the comments that you've made on um, I feel like I had the consistent players um, I'm a little worried to see how much of a of a overarching punch I'm gonna have in terms of like a couple of touchdown games. I know Chubb is gonna be vultured a little bit. Um, I feel like Najee's. I'm gonna get a lot of a lot of carries and a lot of runs with him. I don't really know. I am a little bit worried with Devontae this week with the Chargers, even if you say that they're not really missing one of their top corners. Um, I don't know. It's just a weird week. I feel like I got a lot of a lot of fresh. I got a lot of like fresh players on like new team environments with Devontae Pittman Mm -hmm. Chubb with with a new quarterback how efficient are they going to be I mean now we have game footage on Brandon Cooks um last year with Davis Mills that might the defense may play him completely different than they did last year so I am a little hesitant on my team I think I'm going to be a good team once they figure out throw the entire year I'll be consistent but I do kind of like a Shane's team as uh kind of that uh, being able to pop off against me. So I'm going to give myself the L this week. I can't believe that. Yeah, I think you're – I don't fully believe you that you actually think that. Um, I think that you think you're going to win, but I think you're just playing nice for week one, which is standard Blake. But then by week six, you're going to be probably like four and two, and then you're just going to be talking shit the entire time. Correct. All right, so we 
of wanted to bring you guys along into our survivor pool. Um, if you're not familiar with what a survivor pool is, you basically pick one team each week to win. Once you pick that team, you can't pick them for the rest of the season. So Blake and I have been doing this for uh, two years. This is our second year. Uh, last year, mm-hmm. we I think we went to like week nine or ten. Yeah, we were good um, last year. And then we got absolutely dominated by Mike White and the Jets against the Bengals and just yeah. tore our hearts out. <laughs> I will never that understand so how cool. that game. The Bengals made the Super Bowl, and the Jets were starting some guy named Mike White. Caught a, I think he would have – I think he worked at Walmart the year prior. So I know – No, uh, I'm going to look no, that I up. made that up. But he was so oh, bad. Okay, good. Uh, I mean, he was good in that game and good for another game after that. But it was just one of those shocking wins that happened in the NFL throughout the season. We just happened to be on the the receiving end of that. So we're back this year. Hopefully uh, we can, you know, last a little bit longer. That's usually the the motto for Blake in the bedroom. But, um, but uh, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's go through the roster or the schedule. I mean, we're not going to go through the tough ones. I'm just no, going to throw a couple. There's of only the a few games. Week one is always a tough one because you never know, you know, what teams are going to surprise you. Whether they have put a lot of work in over the off season, their rosters, new head coaches, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. Uh, but there were a couple of games that kind of stood out to us, so we're just going to go over them quickly. Um, San Francisco at Chicago. Oh, I mean, I was just. I hate San Francisco. I hate them so much. But I think this is a good matchup. I mean, Chicago last year, um, horrible team. You just mentioned yep. with the, I think, I don't know if we talked about it on the pop, we were talking about Darnell Mooney and just. Uh, yeah, I don't think we talked about big, him too much. But I mean, I like Darnell Mooney because yeah. I think that he went down. They throw the ball to him a lot. And he's just a very, he's a deep vertical threat. Justin Fields can throw the ball deep. And that's actually one of the reasons why yep. this game kind of scares me a little bit. Only because it's. In Chicago, it's they have those fans yeah. that are always going to be passionate about their team. That's true. Um, but you know their their offensive line is so bad that I could see Nick Bosa having six sacks. Like he can just dominate the entire game. Um, but it wouldn't mm-hmm. surprise me. A new head coach, maybe a little bit of some, you know, lighting some fire under those players. They want to prove themselves coming out week one. So I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm I'm on the fence on this one. This is not one that I necessarily want to pick as far as San Francisco. Yeah, while we're talking about this, I'm going to try to pull up some of the lines here so we can give kind of some uh, reference mm-hmm. to the to kind of the spreads that we're looking at. And uh, I'm scrolling down real quick. I believe it's seven or six and a half. I I we I have it at seven. Yeah. Um, I mean I'm pulling up CBS. Yep, it's seven. It's right here. Who knows how yep, updated? Seven. Yeah. So seven. I mean it's a whole touchdown. Which and is I know a week lot one's scary. On the road. That's essentially yeah. ten point spread and and. Uh, a neutral field because we're well, and you didn't mention it too. We're, we we don't have to worry about covering the spread. We just yeah, gotta get a win. It's just a win for Survivor, so. but I don't know. It's it's still one that you know that kind of scares me necessarily. Um, but I do think San Francisco could be a team. Perhaps you can you can pick later on in the year because they have somebody in their division that um, is my pick for the worst team of the year. Um, mm-hmm. So which we'll get to for actually our final pick. Yeah, um, I, I want to bring up uh, another game that I thought was interesting. Baltimore um, mm-hmm. on the road against the Jets. I mean, it's the Jets, right? It, it's Yeah, it's definitely the Jets. Um, but I will say this, it, and it just kind of depends on who is starting 
for New York. If Zach Wilson starts, he will be getting all those MILFs in New York, hot and bothered, <laughs> and that guy can throw the ball around. Um, Baltimore last year had a bunch of injuries. Um, I, they didn't make the playoffs. They were barely 500. Um, but, you know, for some reason, it's it's that it's that home team that, you know, did they, – they got a couple free agents over the course of the season, spent some of their cap. They actually, I feel like they do have a sneaky, decent offense. Um, they have those running the running backs in Brees Hall and Michael Carter. And then the wide receivers, I like Elijah Moore. He actually had a good rapport with He's good. Uh, Zach Wilson. Um, Garrett Wilson mm-hmm. is their new wide receiver. Um, CJ Ozuma is their new tight end. So they actually have like some guys that, you know, they can throw the ball around. But you know, I think that's another seven point spread or six and a half. It's right around there. Yep, seven right on yeah, seven. So right on seven as well. Um, but you know, Baltimore is always, you know, a very good team. Um, and I wouldn't it wouldn't be surprising to see them come out strong, show like basically the NFL world that, you know, we were out last year, but we're gonna start off the season on the right foot. All right, well, I'm throwing out picks. I want to hear some conviction. What are we going with so this week? What my pick is for, and and we can agree to disagree here, or we can we can try to choose a specific one, but I think mm-hmm. that there is a team in this in the NFL that is going to have the worst record this year. They play in one of the hardest divisions. They traded their quarterbacks to the team that they're playing. They have no offensive line. Geno Smith is their quarterback. Their defense is banged up still. It's the Seattle Seahawks. This team. Whoa, 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 whoa. I watched Geno Smith for one drive absolutely cook the Rams. And I will never let that leave my memory. So, I mean, I, don't, I don't be talking crap about Geno Smith. But Geno Smith is, I, I don't necessarily think it's Geno's fault. I just, I don't like the way that this team is setting up the season at all. I think they're going to tank as much as they can and go for a top quarterback in the draft next year. But they did not upgrade any positions. Um, we talked about Rashard Penny a little bit. They drafted Kenneth Walker. But, like, I don't really like – their offensive line is just absolutely terrible. Um, they have good mm-hmm. receivers, but can you get the ball out to them? On the flip yep. side, I think Denver has a very good team on paper. They have a very good defense, which I think is going to give Seattle a ton of issues. Bradley Chubb. You have Patrick Sertan as a corner. You know, you have guys up front that are just going to be, you know, putting all this pressure on Gino. Is he going to be able to escape everything, you know, get outside the pocket, all that stuff. And then, of course, the biggest storyline for that game is Russell Wilson in Seattle. An emotional game for him, definitely. But I think this is going to be a game where Russell comes out and it's just like, this is what you guys are missing out on. You guys didn't put the necessary pieces around me after we won the Super Bowl. They kind of stopped putting pieces around him. And I know, you know, he, he made a lot of money, but, um, you know, there's a lot of rumors regarding his exit in Seattle. He's going to want to show yep. them what they're missing. I could see him having a huge, huge game, 300 yards passing, you know, few touchdowns here. I just don't see how Seattle can keep up with Denver. And remember, this is not the spread. This is just a win. Um, but I think Denver wins by, you know, 10 points or more. It's funny when you mentioned uh, Russell Wilson. I just kept thinking like this was like when you're in high school and you're like dating some chick and then you break up and like you're like on a mission for like 
three, four weeks, five weeks, like flexing on like Instagram, yeah, or like you're social hitting the media, gym, being like, yo, you're, you're yeah, reaching yeah. out to the <laughs> to the one girl that you know might think that yeah. you're that you're cute kind of thing, you know, I. But you're also keeping tabs yeah, on your extra, also, yeah, the yeah, relationship. You're, you're, you're Instagram stalking. You're you're going on TikTok to see if there's you know any any uh you know new things that pop up here and there. But yeah, and and I'm with you with Denver too with Russell Wilson like him coming out. If honestly I I have no idea what goes through the heads hearts of these like professional athletes. But like if I'm leaving an emotional situation, leaving a team that I played for for like my entire career. And I'm destined to play them like for my first time, like next season or whatever. Like what a better, what a better time. First week of the season. Like you already got jitters on the new team. Like let's knock this out now. Like let's get it all over with. Let's move past it because it's almost nice that it's in Seattle too. It's, I think it's awesome. I mean, I, there's quarterbacks that I can imagine in similar situations that may crack under the pressure, but I mean, when healthy Russell Wilson has shown that he's like, he he can handle the pressure. Like he can handle whatever external things that are going to be going on um, in, in, in the helmet in terms of just emotions and stuff. But if I had to pick a quarterback that can handle that situation, I mean, besides like Tom Brady or whatever, like Russell Wilson's up there. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised that if halfway through the game, when the game's out of hand, if Seattle fans start cheering, whenever Russell Wilson starts throwing touchdowns, I I could see that just standing up with those you know, those stupid bird masks that they wear and the hair, the, the teal and blue hair that they spike up to look like Seahawks, they start chanting Russell and, you know, he just hands it off to Melvin Gordon for an ADR touchdown. So um, I think this is going to be a blowout. I think the Broncos win convincingly um, and he cries after the game and then he gives a uh, Broncos country let's ride. All right. Well, I mean, after my convict, conviction, Russell's, and I'm going to have to agree with you there. So I think we're going to lock right, it in. Denver week uh, one. That is our, our uh, survival pool pick. Yeah. And uh, to stay tuned, we didn't follow along. Make sure you check out that game. It's going to be Monday night football game. So just remember, you got uh, Bacatron and the cat sweating that one out. So think about us when uh, that game's going on. And hopefully uh, next week we can submit a new one. And if you so, gamble, take take denver minus six and a half oh, hammer no. that. that's gonna be the next hammer that that's gonna be the next yeah, segment just throw throw whatever you have down if you have some extra dollars laying around talking to you um nick just you know and brian just sprinkle a little bit sprinkle a little bit on the alternative line too minus like 13 and a half sprinkle a little bit it's it's a route well you heard it here first so that is it i want to thank my uh, good friend jake Bakke for coming out and uh, helping me out with the podcast today. It's great having him here. It's great having that experience to rely on it. It's great talking to someone. So I hope you all enjoyed it. A little bit longer than the last episode, but hopefully that we can tighten it up and make sure that we're given the best content. Um, I want to see some trades this year so we can break that down and uh, stay tuned on the Survivor Pool. So let's go Broncos. See you guys next week.